What is up, everybody? Welcome back to episode two of Another Turnover. Once again, I am your host, Mr. Chris Aaron Murphy, a.k.a. A.A. Ron. Thank you so much. If you're back from listening to episode one, appreciate you coming back listening to episode two as well. Um, The podcast is all about the NBA, all about the NBA and my opinions on the NBA. And I feel as if I'm credible enough to give my opinions on the NBA because I'm a fan, been a lifelong fan. So let's jump right in to episode two. So obviously we got the playoffs coming up. You're listening to this. The playoffs have probably already started or just about to start for this year's 2021 NBA playoffs. And we have some good matchups coming up here in the first round. So I kind of want to give my opinions or my thoughts on how I think this first round is going to go. I'm really, really looking forward to playoff basketball again. So let's start in the East. Let's start in the Eastern Conference. First matchup we got, we got the number one Philadelphia 76ers taking on the number eight Washington Wizards. So last night, Washington won their playing game. Um, at the time when I'm recording this, they won their playing game last night against the Pacers. Um, wasn't much of a game at all. I mean, Russ did his thing. Bradley Beal did his thing. Pacers looked like they were ready to go to Cancun or Costa Rica or whatever it was for their vacation. So wasn't much of a game, um, but they did win their playing game. So kudos to them. Um, I do believe that Bradley Beal and Russell Westbrook are still both dealing with injuries. Uh, I don't know if it was, I think Beal's um, been having a hamstring issue over the past couple weeks. Um, so that against the Philadelphia 76ers, if you know Bradley Beal and Russell Westbrook aren't close to 100% in playing at the top of their game, it's going to be pretty tough. Um, but it was it was a great season for Russ, um, you know, averaging a triple-double again. He is now the league leader um, in history of all-time triple-doubles with, I believe, 100 and, 182 or something like that, which is insane, I mean, for a six foot four point guard to be leading the NBA in all-time triple-doubles um, over the great Oscar Robinson. Um, so shout out to him. I'm, I personally, full transparency, I'm not a huge Russell Westbrook fan. I don't know if it's, you know, coming from the battles that they had with San Antonio. It probably is. That's where all my bitterness stems from when it comes to the NBA. Um, I'm not a huge fan of Russell Westbrook. I think the triple doubles are great. Um, but I mean, it hasn't really necessarily translated to, you know, huge playoff success for him other than, you know, his time in Oklahoma city with Kevin Durant. But, you know, since Kevin Durant's departure from, Oklahoma City triple doubles. It was great. It, I mean, it's cool. It's fun to watch. It's very entertaining. But it's like, you know, how is your team? But hey, that's just me. Um, but great season for them. Um, Washington early April they had a less than one percent chance to make it to the playoffs. I believe it was like in early April. So they went on a huge run. Excuse me. Uh, Bradley Bill and Russell Westbrook have both really been playing. Um, phenomenal basketball they've gotten that team going to where they you know to in the playoffs to the eighth seed so shout out to them Um, but there's a little bit of history with Russ and Embiid and I'm kind of looking forward to to seeing if there's going to be you know if that history is going to rear its head again they they've kind of butted heads when um, Westbrook was in Oklahoma City and um, Houston they kind of had some some issues a little you know squabbles with each other some war of words you know back and forth you know the the Twitter fingers and all that stuff. So I'm curious to see how that's going to translate, you know, for this series. Um, but I think it should be a fun series to watch for the most part. 
Um, I don't think it'll be a long, drawn-out series. I think it'll be a foregone conclusion um, who the better team is. I mean, defensively and offensively, Philadelphia is superior. Um, obviously, with Joel Embiid, Ben Simmons, you know, defensively, n- nobody's matching up with them on that Washington Wizards team. Um, I don't think that Philly will have a really hard time defending um, the the Washington Wizards outside of Russell Westbrook and Bradley Beal. They'll probably do their thing, but I mean, their role players on the Washington Wizards would have to play out of their minds to make this a competitive series. And even then, I would still go with the Philadelphia 76ers. So, so that's who I'm going with. I'm taking Philly in this one. Um, I will give the Wizards a game, so I'm, I'm saying it's going to be a five-game series. Philly wins 4-1 to one that first-round matchup. But the next matchup we got, and one of my favorites, one, the one, one of the ones I am most anticipating, the New York Knicks at the four spot versus Atlanta at five. What a season this has been for the New York Knicks. I mean, I'm not a Knicks fan. I, I did like the Knicks when Carmelo Anthony was there, but obviously, you know, being a Spurs fan, you know, I just kind of like to watch them play. But the league, I don't know, it just kind of feels different when, like, New York is good, you know, obviously with the Lakers, you know, being good. Like, everybody, as much as, you know, I hate the Lakers, like, it, it's fun to see them good. It's fun to root against them. But the Knicks had such an incredible season. Um, they could arguably, they've got a finalist for Coach of the Year. In Tom Thibodeau, they've got a finalist for Most Improved Player with Julius Randle, and they've got a finalist for Sixth Man of the Year with Derrick Rose coming off the bench. So they could sweep all three of those awards, and it would be they would be deserving of all three. Coach Thibodeau has got those guys playing phenomenal defense. Um, Julius Randle has emerged as a an All Star. I mean, an All Star in the East, but an All Star nonetheless. Like he is playing, you know like the second coming of, you know, Patrick Ewing, the next great Knicks big. Um, so he has had a phenomenal season. And Derrick Rose, coming off the bench, has been a huge spark, averaging like 16, 17 points coming off the bench. Um, so the Knicks the Knicks have been balling this year. I'm, it's been really, really fun to watch. They play really gritty, really tough defensive games. Um, they are number one in points allowed. Um, so they, you know, scoring on them is, you know, no easy feat. Um, they are number one also in the opposition's field goal percentage, their opponent's field goal percentage. Um, so Coach Thibodeau has them playing inspired defensive basketball, which translates really well in the playoffs. I mean, if you can't, you know, if you can't do what you normally do, you can't score the way you normally score. It's going to be a tough time in the playoffs. That that I think that'll play into the Knicks' hand as the game slows down. Um, it should, it should work out pretty well for them. Um, like I said, Randall has been great. Averaged 24 points, 10 rebounds, 6 assists this year. And like I mentioned, made the all-star team. Um, but Atlanta, let me give Atlanta some love as well. Atlanta's been no slouch all season. They've been been fairly solid for most of the year. Led by Trey Young um, and their their young core, Trey Young and John Collins. Um, and that you know they traded, obviously, for Lemon Pepper Lou, um, <laughs> Lou Williams, coming off the bench. Um, so they have plenty of scoring, and they have they have plenty of shooting as well. So Atlanta, they can rack up some points. Trey Young, I believe he was 
second or third in the NBA in the assist ranking this year. So not only can he, you know, shoot from distance and, you know, finish at the rim, um, but he's a very underrated playmaker, I would say. Not a lot of people show him all the love for the playmaking ability that he has. Um, so I, I, th- I think it'll be a close series. I, I think as much as I, like, raved about the Knicks, I, I do believe the Knicks will win the series. I think it'll be close just based off the amount of pressure that the Knicks are probably going to have. Because I feel like people kind of want the Knicks to succeed. I mean, unless you're maybe a Brooklyn Nets fan or just, you know, hate New York City as a whole. Like, I know the league wants New York to be good. Obviously, there's more money if New York City is, you know, booming. And with the Brooklyn Nets, I mean, that's, you know, a win-win for the league. But I do believe that the Knicks will take it in a close series I think it'll end up being a seven-game series, so I'm going to take New York four to three in this one. The next series we have, we've got a rematch from last year's East semifinals. We've got the number three seed, Milwaukee, taking on the sixth seed in Miami. So the the storyline with Giannis, and it's going to be the storyline with Giannis until he finally reaches the pinnacle, will Giannis be able to get over the hump will he be able to silence the critics that great he's a great regular season player and in the playoffs he tends to shrink um we've seen it the past few seasons we saw it last year against Miami Miami was able to pick apart that Milwaukee that Milwaukee offense um limit transition buckets you know shrink the court and box him in basically so yeah that all that you know the Transition and dunking is great, but if you can't do that, what are you going to do? So that's kind of been the knock against Giannis that, you know, his his game is so, although impactful, but his game doesn't necessarily adjust as well in the playoffs. And so that's going to be his knock. But he obviously had a great season as well. Um, 28 points, 11 rebounds, 6 assists average, but 30% from three-point range. And that's always been his knock of his shooting. Um, he has a very unorthodox shot um and the way he he'll tend to take you know anywhere between three maybe four or five shot uh, three-point shots in a game but no one really respects him from the three-point line so can he be respectable from the three-point line is going to be a question in this year's playoffs personally i mean i don't know i haven't watched enough milwaukee bucks games to to know, but I mean, I've looked at his numbers and, you know, 30% from three-point range isn't all that great, but I don't think anyone was expecting Giannis to, you know, be Steph Curry or Ray Allen from deep, but he, he does have to make people respect his shooting ability, and that's something that remains to be seen, Um, but Miami, obviously, Miami beat um, Milwaukee last year in the playoffs, so they know how to defend them, so Giannis is going to have to get help from his others. Can Chris Middleton be that number two um, that Giannis will need to go further in the playoffs? Um, but the, with the addition of Drew Holiday, I think that will definitely give Milwaukee a bit of an edge and a bit of a determination. Drew Holiday is a very, very underrated player, very solid playmaker, excellent perimeter defender. So I think Jimmy Butler and you know their wings, Tyler Hero, are going to have a tough time scoring on Milwaukee but can Milwaukee put up you know take advantage and put up the offense that they've struggled in the past couple the past couple playoffs against Miami and then the year before with Toronto Um, I think it'll be a tough series I think it'll be kind of chippy I think it'll be gritty 
Um, I will give the edge to Milwaukee. Um, I think I think Milwaukee will take it. Miami, they're not necessarily the same team last year. I mean, Jimmy Butler's a dog. Like Jimmy Butler's going to fight to the end, but I I don't. I don't see them beating Milwaukee again. Um, so I think Milwaukee takes this one. I'm gonna I'm gonna say it'll be six games. I'll say Milwaukee wins this one four to two. Um, but I think it'll be good. I'm looking forward to that one too. But last series in the East, uh, we've got the two seed Brooklyn taking on the seven seed in Boston. Um, so the Nets obviously are favored to win the championship. I mean. They tried to sign literally every single player that they could in the NBA, past, present, or future. I'm pretty sure they tried to sign LeBron James' son out of high school, but you know. But I mean, they got they got Blake Griffin, they got Lamarcus Aldridge. Although Lamarcus Aldridge has you know retired due to health reasons, so shout out to Lamarcus Aldridge. He was a great addition for the San Antonio Spurs. But um, the Nets are favored, so it'll be interesting to see how this series the series is going to go their big three of Kyrie KD and Harden obviously all individual otherworldly MVP caliber talents but their chemistry is going to come into question they've only played seven games together this season so injuries to KD he was out for a while um injuries to Harden he was out for an extended period and then Kyrie has had his fair share of injuries in his career in this season as well so their chemistry is going to come into question. Can they play together? I think when you have talent like that all together, it's either going to go really, really well and they're going to be willing to sacrifice or it's going to go really poorly. We've already seen Kevin Durant, you know, de- not necessarily defer, but adjust his game to his environment. Obviously, when he went to Golden State, um, you know, he became, obviously he was their best player. He was still their scorer. He was still the, you know, the assassin that he was in Oklahoma city, but he became a incredible defender, um, when he was playing in golden state. So that was a part of his game that we didn't necessarily see all the time in Oklahoma city. So he's already shown it, but KD and, or excuse me, Kyrie and Harden, will we see that from them? Like when, when it gets down to it in those, you know, close, tough games, like, Who's getting the ball? Who's taking that final shot? Um, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out because at the end of the day, you have one basketball. So with them only playing seven games together, that chemistry piece, at least in terms of on the court, is not there. Um, but Boston's also dealt with their fair share of injuries as well. They had a very underwhelming season. Um, I really do like Boston. I mean, I'm a Duke fan, so I always root for you know Duke players, um, You know, fan of Kyrie Irving, fan of Jason Tatum. But Jason Tatum kind of had, I mean, a very solid season. I would say he solidified himself as a star in the league. I don't necessarily know if I'd go superstar just yet, but he did drop 50 points in that playing game against uh, against Washington. But Washington is Washington. But um, but uh, Jason, or excuse me, Jalen Brown losing him was ob- is obviously going to be huge for them. He's their second best player. Excellent, excellent perimeter defender, two-way player, um, out of fact. So, I mean, he's um, he's shown tremendous strides. When I remember when Jalen Brown came in the league, he was a defensive guy. But he has definitely put in the work to become a very formidable number two behind Jason Tatum. Um, I would almost even possibly say 1A and 1B. But 
with him being out, he's going to be gone for the duration of the playoffs. Um, I think it'll be too much firepower for Boston to handle, um, unfortunately. So I, I think this one, as much as I would like for this one to be a longer series, I think this one will be a shorter series. Um, I'm looking at Brooklyn taking this one 4-1, to one, so a five-game series. A gentleman's sweep for the Brooklyn Nets. But on over to the West, to the Western Conference. Let's start. We've got Utah playing more than likely Golden State. Full transparency, I'm recording this before the playing game. Playing game is later on tonight. Um, but more than likely Golden State is going to beat Memphis. But just in just in case I'm wrong, just putting that out there. But uh, Utah versus Golden State. So Utah has been the most consistent team in the NBA all year. And I couldn't understand why. I mean... I didn't watch a whole lot of Utah Jazz games. I did watch some, but they have tremendous ball movement. They are excellent from the three-point line. I believe they're third or fourth in the league in three-point field goal percentage. Um, A tremendous ball movement. Donovan Mitchell, you've got Jordan Clarkson, um, Bogdanovich, Rudy Gobert, all averaging double figures in scoring. And I believe Joe, I think Joe Ingles is as well. So they are very, very versatile. They have a lot of shooters. I, they ranked third in offensive offensive efficiency and fourth in defensive efficiency. And after watching some of the games, I can see why. But I mean, they just kind of all year stayed solid and stayed consistent. But for me, like, I don't know, something just kind of feels off. I I feel a little bit of fool's gold from them because in the games where they struggled, Donovan Mitchell is kind of the only one who's able to get his own shot and get himself a bucket. Even though you've got multiple players averaging double figures, you have a lot of shooters on the team, which is great if, you know, if defense is focused on Donovan Mitchell, but those shooters aren't, you know, hitting, then, I mean, they, they kind of struggled um, in the games that they have lost. So I'm getting vibes. Um, I don't know if, if anyone remembers back in 2015 when the Atlanta Hawks got the number one seed in the Eastern Conference. Um, like they were beating the brakes off of people in the regular season and then kind of rolled through the first two rounds and then got to the conference finals and played LeBron in the Cavs his first year back in Cleveland and they got swept. So I'm, I'm not saying that that's going to happen to the Utah Jazz, but what I am saying is it kind of feels a little bit like fool's gold. Um, But with them playing Golden State in the first round, I don't see them losing to Golden State. I think the Warriors will be a tough out. Obviously, you have the heart of a champion with Stephen Curry, Draymond Green. Um, Those guys, you know, they know how to grind out games. You know, they know how to win. They are certified winners. We've seen that over the past, you know, four or five seasons. Um, But I I don't think it'll be enough. Now, if Klay Thompson were healthy, which he obviously isn't, but he if he were healthy and this was a series, this would be a totally different story. I think I think it would be a lot closer. Um, not saying that Golden State would win, but I think it would end up being a seven game series. Um, but obviously, no healthy Klay. Um, Utah's tremendous defensively, so I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Utah, but I will give Utah or excuse me, I will give Golden State the respect. In winning two games, so I think this will be a six-game series. So, but the next series, we've got four-seed LA Clippers taking on fifth-seed Dallas Mavericks. So 
So I'm looking forward to this rematch from last year because if you guys remember from last season, um, they played in the bubble. They played in the first round. And this series was, it was a six-game series, if I'm not mistaken, but this series was, every game was pretty close. Um, Luka Doncic tore up that LA Clippers defense. Like, he he's one of my favorite players to watch as well, but he was destroying them. And you have really strong perimeter defenders with Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, but he was destroying their defense. But the Clippers will want redemption. I mean, after last year's epic collapse being up 3-1 to one against Denver in the second round and losing and playing that the way that they did in that Game 7, they will want redemption. Obviously, Dallas is going to have a chip on their shoulder as well because they lost to the Clippers in the first round. So I think it's going to boil down to, we know Kawhi Leonard is going to show up. I mean, he's a two-time champion, a two-time finals MVP, um, but what kind of Paul George are we going to get? That's going to be the story with the Clippers. Are we going to get playoff P or are we going to get pandemic P? I mean, no disrespect intended, but he was terrible in the bubble. And Twitter has a field day whenever he is terrible. But he's had a pretty good season. He's been out um, kind of in and out of the lineup a little bit with injuries. But he he's had a solid season. And I think he should get some respect in that aspect. But... What kind of Paul George are we going to see? If he is the Paul George that we know that he can be, the Paul George that he was, you know, in his Indiana days, the Paul George, you know, that we saw throughout the regular season of this year, uh, I think the Clippers, I think the Clippers take this one. So Dallas, I think they need some more scoring help Um, for Luka. He, I mean, he is obviously the focal point, the centerpiece of their offense, but um, without him, they they tend to struggle. Um, But the addition of Rondo as well for the Clippers um, is going to be pretty big. I uh, Rondo's obviously a two-time champion himself, and he was he was their third best player on the Lakers last year, like no doubt. That was you know it was LeBron, AD, and Rondo. He he was the guy that definitely contributed to help them get that championship. So I think he'll be big for the Clippers in terms of accountability, um, in terms of getting players in the right spots, um, and being the playmaker that he is. So I've got the Clippers taking this one. I do think it'll be pretty close. Um, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna say it goes seven, um, but I got the Clippers taking this one. So. But the next series, we've got the number three Denver Nuggets taking on the Portland Trail Blazers at the sixth spot. So this is another rematch from two seasons ago, from the 2019 playoffs, um, where Portland ended up beating Denver. I believe it was in seven games, if I'm not mistaken. But Denver's been Denver's been solid all year. Um, Portland has dealt with some injuries, and Denver has dealt with some injuries as well. Um, you've got C.J. McCollum, who was hurt for um, a good chunk of the season, and obviously the Denver Nuggets point guard, starting point guard Jamal Murray, is going to be out for the season. Um, but I think this is going to be the most evenly matched matchup, or the teams that are most evenly matched up in this first round is going to be this series. Um, earlier in the year, Portland traded for Norman Powell, um, traded away Gary Trent Jr., which originally I thought that was a bad trade because Gary Trent Jr. was just kind of coming into his own um, as a uh, as a role player on that team. But it kind of worked out for them. I mean, they've they've been they've been fairly solid all year. Um, hovering around that fifth, sixth spot. Um, but I, I I, believe that the player to watch in this series, obviously Denver has Jokic, the presumed MVP. If you listen to episode one, I think he'll be the MVP, and he more than likely will. Um, so they, they will have 
arguably the best player on the floor, but you know, no disrespect to Damian Lillard. Um, but I think the player to watch in this series will be Michael Porter Jr. Um, he, this is his second or third season, if I'm not mistaken. But I think if he can give Denver some significant production, he averaged about 17 and seven and 17 and seven, uh, 17.17 boards um, this season. I think if Michael Porter Jr. can give them some solid production in place of where Jamal Murray was, as well as the trade that Denver made for Aaron Gordon, um, I think they could do well in this series. But this one was kind of tough for me to pick. I was I was looking at statistics, I was looking at the matchups, and I, I really think this one's going to go either way. Um, they Like I said, they match up so well with each other. I think I will give the edge to Portland strictly because if it's a close game, my money's going to be with Damian Lillard. I mean, he's he's a certified bucket getter, so he he's going to get you a bucket. So I will give the edge to Portland, but I am not confident in that pick at all. I would be su- surprised if Denver takes it as well. But last series of the first round, we have the second seed of Phoenix Suns and the almighty seventh seeded Los Angeles Lakers. I really feel bad for Phoenix. I feel so, so bad for Phoenix. I mean, they had a tremendous season. I mean, CP3 played arguably his you know best season. He was top four for you know my MVP picks. But you had all of this. You had uh, Devin Booker had a great year. DeAndre Ayton made leaps as well. And then your reward for all that is playing the Lakers in the first round. <laughs> so obviously the Lakers had some injuries with AD and LeBron. They went through a pretty significant losing streak, um, and they had to play in, you know, had to do the playing game against the Warriors, um, which was an excellent game, by the way. Um, so the Lakers are in the seventh spot, but they're not really a seventh seed. Like they're, I'm pretty sure I think Vegas has them favored over Phoenix, who is the two seed, which is insane to me. But we all know a healthy Anthony Davis, a healthy LeBron James is beating almost any team in the league. Um, which is crazy to me. Like I said, they are the seventh seed. But history is not on their side. The only team, the lowest seeded team to win the NBA championship was the sixth seeded 1995 Houston Rockets when they won against Orlando Magic. And when you had Baby Shaq back in the day, um, they won as a sixth seed when they went back to back, 94 and 95. So like I said, history is not on their side. But I mean, if LeBron and AD can get some level of health if they're at 70 to 80 percent of what they normally are that'll probably be enough to end up beating phoenix um i do hope that i'm wrong because whenever the lakers lose it's a good day for me as a spurs fan like i said all those battles in the early and you know early between the early and the late 2000s i mean whenever the lakers lose i'm cool with that um but so i hope i'm wrong but i will as much as it pains me physically to say it, I do think the Lakers will will take this series. Um, overall, the matchups with LeBron James and Anthony Davis, I think, will prove too much. Not really a whole lot of defensive advantages for Phoenix, and they are still pretty young, you know, with the exception of Chris Paul. Um, so I think the Lakers will end up taking this series. I'll I'll, I'll say it's six games. They'll they'll win it four to two. But that's how I think the first round's gonna go. Um, I could be completely wrong, but we'll see. It's fun to it's fun to pick. It's fun to make those predictions. But that is all I have, everyone, for episode two. 
Again, thank you so much for listening. Make sure you follow your boy on all the socials, Instagram and Twitter at AARonMurphy. That's A-Y-A-Y Ron Murphy. A-Y-A-Y Ron Murphy. But thank you again for listening, and I will catch you on the next episode.